Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome everybody to my independence report. It is a beautiful day here. It's rainy, which is we're happy for because we need that. Um, this is the Lunch Club, and we've got some special guests for you today. We're really looking forward to having them here, and then we're going to play some music. Um, they and uh, I'm going to turn it over to Mr. Hall so that he can um, enlighten us and bring and bring everybody into focus. Mr. Hall. Good afternoon. I, this is a, really a special treat. You know, I, I just I adore this choir. This is. Uh, <clears throat> This is something rare that you come across. And the Northwest Firelight Choir is uh, just a, a beautiful ensemble of some wonderful souls that are doing terrific things in our community. And they've also performed across Europe. They've performed internationally uh, to both critical claim and critical claim. Uh, their music is spectacular. The choir, and this is, a, this is what's so fascinating to me because this is a community choir. And when you think of community choirs, these are not you know, the body of professionals coming out to perform. These are people that might be in your neighborhood with some singing experience that come together and they learn from these two how to use their voice and sing. They also, they also apply the choir in ways that benefit the community. So there's this holistic approach to music that uh, we love to see because music is so much more than just uh, closing your eyes and, and relaxing at the end of the day or uh, starting your day with some positive vibes from it. It's It can be like they've said so many what times, so many people have said, music is a way of healing. Music a way is understanding and reaching out to the world. And this couple here, DG Killian and Bob Tangy, know this better than anybody I have met. And uh, I just want to thank you for coming on this show and uh, talking to me about these wonderful uh, works that you've done and what you've got planned for the future. Thank you, Thank you, Eric. That's really, really nice of you to say all of that. And um, boy, after watching uh, Kevin's intro to this whole podcast and, you know, seeing uh, some of these folks that I've read, you know, Zukov and uh, Neil Walsh. What's, and uh, Neil Donald Walsh. Yeah, yeah. I read so many of these and um, and just the um, what is important to you and then sort of tying that in with what uh, Eric was just saying, how he was speaking of us. It's wonderful, Eric, that that comes across because it's so important to us. Um, we have our mission statement for Northwest Firelight Corral is to invite the opening of people's hearts to love and healing through inspired rehearsals and performances of soul stirring music. So soul the, yeah, soul stirring music. So and that's what I always look for music that stirs my soul in hopes that 
I can then take that inspiration of what I'm feeling and pass that on to the choir. And then when we perform that, you know, that then the whole audience feels that and we come together as one um, experiencing that together and that hearts are uplifted and maybe even some uh, healing going on. And most of all, that they feel loved. Um, I tell my choir, you know, I, I know when I sing, I like to imagine that my voice is surrounding and hugging everybody in the room. So if we take all of our collected voices and give this powerful you know, group hug to our audiences, just imagine, you know, receiving that. So um, that's just one of our little goals, you know, when we <laughs> go out uh, to you, you know, it comes across because I've seen you a couple of times. And the first time I saw your course was by accident. I, I admit it. It was, And I knew you guys before this, but but I, I came across the Folklife Festival. And I can't remember what year, but yeah. uh, Bob was doing a lead on some, forgive me, some Irish. Were they Irish chants? Irish sailor chants? Very possibly. Very possibly. <laughs> <laughs> we have done some Irish music. Have you? And it was spectacular. I thought it was just uh, wondrous because you never hear this stuff. You know, you, you just don't hear this stuff. And it was so well done. And the voices were so well blended. And this is what really took you because the details in... Um, how you guys project your voices, the dynamics of the music, the phraseology, uh, the, the when the uh, solos come out and sing and, and the back, the chorus in the back, they still have a body of dynamics that they perform. The details and the pronunciation was just spot on through the choir. It was, it uh, frankly, it was uh, hands and above better than anything I'd heard to that point. Wow, thank you. Really nice, Eric. I, I to hear I that is something we definitely work on. Um, I as a performer and then as then passing this on as a teacher conductor um, of the choir to each each song that has been written came from someone, right? It came from their mind and their heart, and it meant something important to them. And it's there's a story there. And so then our job is to convey that story. I mean, don't we all love hearing a good story, you know? So you take a song and you tell a story and then, then there's, you know, the music itself, which is its own story. Even if we sang the whole thing on awe, you're gonna feel something, but we're not, we're singing words and those words are telling us something. So it's really important in our phrasing and in our enunciation and our support of those final consonants so the back row can hear them. It's important that we really express this text um, and not only with our voices, but with our, our faces and our bodies that, that we're not just these, you know, little singing heads, but that we're, we're immersed in the story that we're telling. And so a lot of that is, is, uh, about freeing people up uh, to feel safe, to to really feel like they can express. No one's going to make fun of you. You know, we we want to express this music, so we actually work a lot. It's a little unusual for a choir. We actually work a lot on how we're expressing. You know, or do you have like 
you know, kind of flat, what I call Northwest affect, you know, where you go to Italy and they're like, you know, they're like, they're so expressive and they're using and And like, you know, I mean, even if you don't understand a word they're saying, you know what they're trying to get across to you. And there's something exciting and immediate about that um, that works beautifully when one is performing. Um, So we we work on really freeing up our expressions. So it's nice to know that you you are feeling and sensing that well, um, and, when you and listen. Digi's fantastic at, at getting getting people to step into that. I mean, we memorize everything. Uh, that's part of it. It's it's learning it by heart. So you are you're not worried about what the next word is. You're you're sort of I don't know. You're more engaged in the whole process. So you step into the character of that of the piece and uh, and the words mean something to that character. So you're, you're, you know, you're able to express me. You're not just standing hiding behind a, uh, a, a book of music. You, you're stepping out into it, which is, it's really, it makes it much more um, exciting as a performer to be able to, to go there. And she's really fantastic at bringing that out of, of the choir and also choosing the right repertoire that she knows the choir and knows the voices so well that she'll know that this is a, a piece that we'll be able to excel at. And, and this one, not quite so much. It might be a fine piece, but it doesn't fit who we are at this moment. So she's been great, really great at that. See, the level of challenges there is, uh should be discussed because your background, DG, uh, is uh, rich. You have a dance background and a theater background. So I can see how you have this holistic approach to music because you're not only just feeling the sounds, you're also seeing the story in your head and feeling it in your body as you choreograph and plan out a piece. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for noticing that too. Um, Yeah, definitely when I'm, getting ideas. I I get my best ideas when I'm moving. Um, So we have an elliptical (laughs) machine up there in the in the choir office. And Bob always reminds me our entire house is a choir (laughs) office. I said, I know. I know. Sorry about that. But we do have this one supposed to designated room Uh and we have some exercise equipment in there. And uh, so I get on that elliptical and I mean, I get I don't know. I probably preview definitely at least a thousand pieces of music a year, new stuff being released um, by the publishers that get sent to me as a choir director, um, as well as, you know, if I'm looking for a particular theme, I'm going to be researching, looking, you know, for music. Um, So as I'm working out and moving, I'm listening and if I get visuals, which I often do, if it's a good piece that grabs me, you know, something about it that just really stirs me, that soul stirring piece that inspires me, I start seeing what it's going to look like. Like, oh, oh, okay, I'm seeing, all right. So we're all entering with candles and we're processing. And if we're in such a such, you know, church, then we could come around the sides. I could have a separate group walking up the center two by two. And as we're entering and coming up the stairs to the risers, we would split. And I start sort of seeing this happen. Um, or I'll see choreography, as we like to call it in the choir world, 
um, you know, movements like when we did uh, our 40s program, for example, and we were trying to find that one, but I don't think we ended up with it. It was called Peroxide Swing. It's just really fun Michael Bublé song. We did all 40. That one's a 40 style. I love that. <laughs> swing. It's great. Yeah, it's kind of, wow, the drums and the horns on it. It's oh, so great. So that one just absolutely screamed to have choreography added. So as I'm working out and I'm listening, you know, I'm seeing how we could move. And it's always a bit of a trick because I absolutely have people who absolutely don't think of themselves as dancers. I said, okay, just remember, most of you are doing riser dancing, which means all you can really do is, you know, stuff with... <laughs> Right, you can't like be flipping around and doing turns on the risers, so it's all stuff everyone can do. And then I'll have a few featured dancers. Uh, we're really uh fortunate to have all kinds of talent. We have people who play instruments who share that with the choir, and we have some um some people who are really good theatrically, some really amazing dancers. We have a uh a national ballroom dance champion in our choir. Really? We do. Really? Yeah, Catherine. I don't know. Someone referred her and uh, or she came to a concert or something and, and thought, wow. And, and uh, so as I love um, finding out when people come to audition for me, I, you know, I find out, like, do you have any other skills? Do you juggle? We could work that into a song, <laughs> you know, what? what? <laughs> and so then, you know, folks like, oh, yeah, well, actually, I play, you know, the penny whistle really well. Or, you know, I'm actually, a, you know, a national dance. Yeah. <laughs> and so I found out and I said, like, well, OK, I got to utilize. Are you into it? Do you want to do that? She, oh, yeah. So we've we've had her dance a few times. So I had her featured with um, another choir member at doing a swing dance number in peroxide swing. And they, you know, it was, and then the choir just doing some fun stuff that everybody could do, you know, and it's so great because people, especially guys, I know I'm in the company of guys here, but just say it, tend to get really nervous. Like, I don't dance, you know, and I'm like, oh, believe me. Our dance is something you do on risers or just walking in on time, maybe snapping on an offbeat if you want. Well, what's really helpful is that she'll do the move and then she'll have me do the move <laughs> right after that to show everybody that there's a wide variety of ways to express the move. And that's, I've that's seen you dance, Bob. You dance very, very well. I imagine <laughs> that there's bad. nothing quite like falling off a riser during a yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. Would, and would be a problem. Wood. It hasn't happened yet, Kevin. No one's fallen yet. If we can, I'd like to go back in the mists of time because there are people in our audience who have no earthly idea where you guys came from, the history of the choir or the chorale, um, and all of that stuff. Can you kind of give us a brief history? I can. And uh, let's see. There's the various pieces of that. There's sort of my background that sort of led me to then where I ended up. Um, maybe I'll sort of skip that for now because that's been sort of mentioned by you, Eric. So maybe I'll sort of mention that and just jump ahead to kind of how this came together. Um, so I had been 
you know, in the opera world and uh, do it professionally uh, singing uh, opera and, and singing with Seattle oh, Opera shit. and did a couple of things with symphony. And, um, and it was great. It was really exciting. And, um, and I also knew it wasn't a world that I wanted to live in long term. It was uh, the music, of course, you know, you're being conducted by Gerard Schwartz and, you know, Mueller and all these amazing and you're, you know, I got to sing with Renee Fleming and Ben Hepner and, and all these amazing people. And that was really, really great. Um, but it was a, a very different, you know, you want to be able, you know, that uh, the uh, Gandhi uh, be the change you want to see in the world, mm-hmm. you know, one of my favorite. And I just thought, yeah, you know, this, this is what it is. It, it's wonderful for what it is. Um, but I'm seeing something different, something uh, that is more, I don't know, like a way to really lift people up, bring people mm-hmm. together. Uh, I always enjoyed teaching. I was one of those kind of people that anytime I learn a new exciting thing as a kid, the first thing I wanted to do is teach it to everybody I knew. You know, like I taught myself how to twirl the baton. Here, let me show you how. I just you always, you know, I know how to read. You don't, I'll help you. You know, I was just one of those kind of weirdo kids. And um, so that kind of came with me. Um, I had started teaching these. Uh, I'd been teaching voice already for, for years and enjoying that and doing recitals with my students uh, where they got to get up and, and sing and share their process with their friends and family. We started adding feather boas here and there, little choreography here and there, you know, and pretty soon it's like, we love this. Can we do more? And I said, sure. Um, I started teaching these music theater workshops and I'd take a group and we would, uh, we maxed it at 20 and I would cast everyone in scenes from musical theater and everybody got to play a lead and everybody got to back each other up, which is my idea of how life should be. Everyone gets a chance to like have their moment and whatever it is they're good at. Some weren't so much the singer. I'd give them a talking in rhythm role, you know, in something, but they got to shine and be featured. And we all backed each other up. And then, you know, each week we would meet twice a week. I'd teach them, we'd do theater games. I'd teach them movement, get them freed up. You know, we would do all these things. And then we'd put together these performances. So I had that going on. And um, as I was kind of looking at the opera thing going, I don't think this is a good fit for me. I don't really want my life, you know, in that world. And gee, this is really fun. And um, we got our nonprofit status. But you and Bob met at the opera. Yes, we did. We did. And I can tell you that story later, too. It's kind of a fun story. So we got our 501c3. um, So we had that in place. And around this time, we moved, we bought our, we got married, we bought our first house, uh, our house that we live in now in Ballard. And I kind of wanted to get involved in the community and um, was very much interested in volunteering. And so we saw that the, the local church, just 10 blocks away, was hosting Tent City and they needed volunteers. So I said, oh, this is perfect. Like, let's go volunteer for Tent City. 
And we started doing that. We were hosting a karaoke night for the residents. Of really? Well, you know, it's what we knew how to well, do. So. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was great. And uh, that was really fun. And then, you know, I talked to the minister of the church and I said, you know, is anyone raising money for Tent City? And, you know, anybody from the church? And he said, well, not, you know, not that I know of. And I said, I, I, I said, you know, how about I put something together? to raise money. Could we use your sanctuary, your church for the concert? I said, sure. So I had all these friends. I had tango dancer friends, friends in rock bands. We had our opera quartet. We, you know, actor you people, all these. classical guitarist, right? <laughs> yeah, classical guitarist, absolutely. Yeah. Randy Hathaway, ladies and gentlemen, look him up. He made an incredible double CD of all original compositions. <laughs> Making a plug for you there, Randy. <laughs> and uh, he's fantastic. We went to Cornish together. He's been on the show a couple of times. Yes, yes, yeah. He's he's wonderful. He's just a superb uh, musician, friend, composer. Really great to have have him in our our lives, and we'll make more music in the future. So yes, yeah, so we put uh, this concert together and raised just past the hat, raised a couple thousand dollars for Tent City. And I thought, well, that was really great, you know. And then I kind of had one of those, probably when I was working out, visions pop into my head of our opera quartet and a children's chorus doing a Christmas concert to raise money for the Ballard Food Bank. How sweet. So that was my next thing that popped into my head. I thought, ooh. So the only thing is, we have an opera chorus, but we don't, we, you know, we don't have a children's choir. So... I thought, well, I guess I could put one together. So I I talked to the folks at the church and I said, well, I have this idea, you know, and, and if we do this, can I use your sanctuary to, you know, for this fundraiser for the mountain? Oh, absolutely. So we, they helped us and we put together this children's choir um, thinking that we would do this one one shot thing with our opera chorus and it was great. We, I mean, Cortez using our opera quartet and uh, we, we raised like over $4,000, just pay what you want. You know, somebody would like, somebody wrote a check for $500, put it in there. I mean, it was incredible. People were wonderful. And uh, so then I thought, well, thanks everyone. That was great. And the parents were like, Oh no. My kid really liked doing this. We'd like you to keep doing this and children's said, choir. Oh no, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a one-time thing. It was great. Is it, it Bob? Great. Bob and I had no experience teaching a group of children, and you know, not trained in it, and don't have kids of our own. And so, you know, the kids you had are a like, cat though, right? <laughs> yeah, two cats. <laughs> Uh, they're yeah, a little different, a little different. They, they mind and, the same. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's really true. They mind about the same. So, you know, we just were like, you know, Bob would be over at the piano. Bob is a wonderful pianist. So he was the pianist for the group and I was the director. They'd be like jumping up and down, bouncing off the walls. I'm like, okay, time to learn the music now. Here we go. And they'd be like, blah, 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 you know, being kids. And we're like, and I'd look at Bob and I'd go, now what do we do? 
And because, you know, we didn't know how to like politely discipline, like you tell the adults, you know, the adults are like, okay, it might take them a minute, but they'll settle down, you know, but the kids. And finally, you know, these two little boys were really acting up. And this one little girl looked at me and she goes, would you please make them stop? <laughs> and I was like, uh, yeah, as soon as I figure out how. Um, <laughs> anyway, but we managed to... Uh, we went for a couple of years um, doing, working with this kids choir. And, uh, you know, we raised some really nice funds for the, the Ballard Food Bank, but also for this woman who built schools for girls in Afghanistan. And uh, it was just this wonderful way to do something that was important to both of us. Um, and, uh, you people are the masters of multitasking. Man, yeah. you, can take a lot of time. And, you know, we got it. We got to hear one of these videos. I wonder if can we watch uh, Dancing in the Street? I think that would be a perfect thing to see and really give people uh, an sure. understanding. Yeah, but, and I'll yeah, come back to where I was in our story about how the choir formed. We're almost yes. there. But yeah, yes. do you want to watch a video first? That'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. This was Bye. our first one when we got back together after having not been able to sing together because of the pandemic. So all who were fully vaccinated, we made this um, music video for our spring program. So you had to challenge me, didn't you, Eric? Now I got to figure out how to do it. Now he's got to <laughs> jump looking, over it too. You're looking pretty comfortable there. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, now, now you got me going. Let's see. Kevin, if you want, I can continue about the story while yes. you find that yes. one. Yeah, it'll be a it'll be a magic it'll be a mystery. So keep going. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna keep going, and then you can always plug something else if, if you can't find that one. Um, so we're doing this this children's choir, and the church is generously letting us use their space. One day, the minister comes up to me and he said, "Oh, you know, you do such a great job with this kids' choir. Our choir director um, is leaving. Would you take over the job as our music director at this church?" And I said, oh, yeah, you know, uh, you know, I'm really I have the, all these other things I'm doing. And I just I don't think I can. Plus, I'm not really that's like, you know, I mean, I took some conducting at Cornish and it went well. I got good grades and uh, nice comments from my teacher um, when I took a conducting class. But I wasn't it wasn't my you know what I was really trained in. And so I said, you know, you probably find somebody who is really like, you know, does this. And he said, well, you think about it. And I and so several months went by, he asked again. He said, you know, we don't even have a music director. We just have this, you know, band that's playing. And he goes, oh, we don't even have a choir. And I said, well, how about this? I said, how about for a special occasion, I put together a choir? Uh, and he said, that would be great. How about Easter? And I said, OK, yeah. And I said, is it OK? If I invite, you know, our friends who are singers, um, my voice students, my brother, um, his brother, you know, all these people who are like can't, is it okay? And he said, I said, can we kind of make it a community choir? And he said, absolutely, we love that. They're a very liberal, wonderful church, very into social justice. Um, and so I said, okay. So we put together a choir of about 35 people. And there were only like six or seven from the church because they didn't have a choir at the time. So we started, uh, we had this wonderful Easter program and they said, okay, that was so great. Would you please take the job? You know, this was Easter. And they said, you could start up in September. 
And I said, well, I did have a really good time. Would I be able to still make it be a community choir with all these people who could come in from wherever? They don't, I said, if they don't have to be members of the church, right? And he said, absolutely, we loved this. This is a great way to bring folks in and hear our message of social justice, you know? So that, okay. I'll do it. And so I took that job and I worked that job for about eight years. And then I decided like, okay, that was great. And now I think, you know, there's certain, you know, structure and things set up at the church that was both wonderful because we did a lot of fundraising. We did concerts with all these choirs and we'd raise funds for Katrina and, you know, victims. And, and there were several things that we were able to do. And the the church provided the venue. Of course, our music was paid for. Our my salary was covered, and so we could just do fundraisers, which was fantastic. So, um, but then there came a time where I thought, you know, I think it's time to just do our own thing as a community choir, not be limited to just the uh, you know more more uh, sacred music, but to actually also be able to kind of start incorporating those music theater workshops we used to do. And uh, so we resigned from that job and then um, we started the choir, which was originally called the Sparkling Choir of Love. And we still have the t-shirts to prove it. It really was a fitting name. <laughs> you really? Do you have a well, triple X of that? <laughs> guys, I found I found this. I'm gonna I'm gonna click the button and it's gonna start to play. So are you guys ready? Woohoo! Yes. yes, please. I want one of those t-shirts, Matt. Okay. You got the triple X? <laughs> <laughs> I love that name. It's so funny. <laughs> Is it last playing? time I saw it? It was Not uh, yet. No. Last time I thought it was more engaging. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys, Eric, you picked the wrong one. So we're going to do I'm this sorry. first of all. Okay. We're going to give we're going to give the audience a taste of what I actually can do, and <laughs> and sorry. so we are going to do uh, we're going to play uh, um, my God the Rock, right? Mm -hmm. Features my God, my God Bob. Rock. This yeah. gives you an example. This is from one of our programs. It's a sacred piece, and it's uh, a spiritual. And my choir loved singing this, and our audiences really enjoyed listening to this one. Here we go. Hi, I'm Sabina Howell, Alto member of Northwest Firelight Chorale, and I'm here to introduce the Friday Firelighter feature. For this week's selection, we go to our spring concert of 2018. The song is the powerful and moving My God is a Rock, featuring our bass section leader, Bob Tagney, as soloist.
Bob, you got some pipes on you. That's just an amazing, really amazing arrangement. It's uh, Robert Shaw and Alice Parker arrangement of that. And it's just, uh, it was so fun to sing. And that's uh, what's really fun about this group too, is, is stepping into these, the characters. Like You don't have to personally believe you know all of the different songs you're singing, but you—it's like an, an actor. I mean, you—you you take on the character of of the people who are believing this and singing this, and you just get way into that, and it's really, really uh, fulfilling. It's uh, it was a lot of fun. To yeah. answer the whoever this song came out of originally, you know, and who knows, right? It was a spiritual, so it was sung and sung and sung and passed on like other styles of folk music. Um, but it's when you open yourself up to something larger than your own experience. You know, we can't walk in each other's shoes. We can only walk in our own with our own life experiences, but, but there's such basic shared human um, emotions and feelings and experiences. And so when you open yourself up to tell the story of someone else, you know, it, it's this uh, wonderful way of, of I don't know, entering a place of non-judgment and just embracing and loving and empathizing with whoever first told these stories. And uh, yeah, so that style, um, I grew up in this interesting, my, my folks religion, uh, particularly my mother's was this very fundamentalist, you know, what you call probably call the Bible thumpers you know, fire and brimstone preachers and, you know, people getting saved and falling down in the aisles. And there was this almost call and response style, you know, the preacher would say some people go, amen, you know, heal the so-and-so. And, you know, they'd come and they'd do the laying of the hands on the sick, all the ministers around the circle, amen, you know, that one of those kids that got prayed on a few times because I was sickly as a kid. <laughs> and, um, so there's something in, in some of that music that just, I get it, and you know, it, it has, um, it has, it, it feels like it has some ties to the fields, the Negro spirituals. Yes, is that absolutely. even the right term? Yeah, and and there's um, a whole history there to the spirituals, and uh, you know, yeah, what they came from. Actually, in one of our programs, um, we talked about that about slavery and. Uh, about being respectful of these pieces. And uh, in the programs, when we introduce them, we talk about their origins. And um, so absolutely, yeah, there's a whole, whole story going on there. Hey, hey, Matt, we haven't heard from you yet. What did you think of that? I appreciate what Bob said. Bob said a person could get on stage, be part of the choir. And even if you don't believe in the role or whatever, you get to live it and express yourself. And I'm gonna go off on a little bit of tangent here. I'm thinking of the new Christie Minstrels because they had many stars like Kenny Rogers, Kim Carnes, Barry McGuire, others who entered Christie Minstrels to be a part of that family, so to say, which is what uh, you have with your choir. And then they went on with their careers, but never lost touch with their roots. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm getting out of this big picture, and I love it. Yeah, thank and you. By the Matt. way, Randy uh, Hathaway has joined in, and he says powerful. So 
Uh, we've done a couple of podcasts with Randy, and so you go into my independent report and look up Randy uh, Hathaway, and uh, he's got a double CD that's that's just incredible, uh, classical music in America, and uh, classical guitar music in America, and it's a it's a great it's a great program. So so look at that as well, and and uh, shall we just go ahead and play? I've got to play this one first, uh, Eric, and then I can play the other one. Uh, but this is tell us about the. Uh, concert you did in the cathedral ah so right so we um this is uh, 20 2015 uh we did a european tour uh it's our second tour we've done three three tours where we've done concerts um in europe and uh this yeah one... this was in the strasbourg notre dame uh which was celebrating its 1000th anniversary which was kind of uh Hard to get my that's mind four, around. That's four times the age of uh, of the United States. Right. No, yeah. it's, it's incredible. <laughs> so they uh, we got invited to perform during for a mass uh, celebrating their one thousandth uh, anniversary, and so this was one of the pieces that we uh, we did there. That's it's right. called Northport, and it's a um, it's in the sacred the sacred, sacred heart tradition, mm -hmm. and um, it's also very powerful uh, uh, builds to a crescendo uh, as just, it's yeah. so fun to say. It's so fun to and say. And especially there. Oh, wow. <laughs> that building is so gorgeous. I mean, you know, and, it, and it, it's so fantastic you got to do that because those old buildings, these old churches were made for the acoustics of choirs and voice. They yeah. sure were. Yeah. I had to pick carefully what we were going to sing there. I mean, we were singing for 2,000 people. And the whole, the whole mass was in French. Oh, so, you know, the cantor, you know, it's like, okay, so in mass, there's all these parts of a mass. Fortunately, Bob grew up Catholic. I did not <laughs> quite so, not so that. Did Matt. Yeah, so yeah, you do. Matt, you too. Okay. You, you've done a lot of knee bends and stuff like that. <laughs> So yeah, so you know, but everything's in in French. Bob has had some French, quite a bit. He's he's good at French. I've had some French. There's a canter, and I said, so I just want to make sure we know when. <laughs> hey, <laughs> nice beret. Thank you. I want to get ready for this piece. I got to get the most out of this piece I can. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And this kid sort of looks like your little French pipe there going on. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, it was, uh, it was all in French and, uh, you know, the, the priest, the presiding priest was very elderly. So he was, he would really take his time. And I, you know, there's these times we had to get up and sing, I think five different times in the mass. And I wanted to make sure we're getting up at the right time. Cause I've got to lead the choir to stand up. And, uh, so I'd be watching the cantor. Well, the cantor was also just this very friendly guy, but he had told me, you know, like, I will nod and, you know, at you so that you know when it's time. So, you know, like there's nothing going on. And I'm thinking, are we supposed to be singing right now? So I'd look over at the cantor and he'd go like this at me. <laughs> and I'd be like, I'd look at Bob like now. And Bob would like, like, okay, and then I see really slowly the priest is standing up and making his way up to the podium to say the next thing. I'm like, okay, I was like, honey, I need your help. But we eventually so, did sing. We did sing. We sang all of the things. So that just a little context. There. So this is that mass for two thousand people. That's all in French, 
this is a place where tourists go. They get millions of tourists a year coming through this space. And I think it's the tallest church in, in France. In France. Um, I believe. Yeah. And we got to stay. I mean, when you get to seeing the tourists go through these certain parts that you're allowed as a tourist, you can't go everywhere. We had the privilege of being up at this part and seeing the vantage point of the, the like murals and the stained the glass altar, behind the yeah. altar that, you know, and we were just blown away. And then you'll see, cause he's going to pan, right? Yeah. He's going to pan and you'll see some of this amazing cathedral. Oh so, and what's the name go. of the piece again? Northport and it's from the sacred harp or it's shape note singing as it's sometimes called. Very good. And here we go. We started partway through. Uh -huh. Looks like it started partway through. Not anymore. Oh. <laughs> there it is. That is so gorgeous. That is so gorgeous. Look at the colors in that. Hmm. 
gosh, you guys. That song just makes me want to geek out. You know? Go right ahead. We love who, geeks in our group. Who arranged that? Well, it's a, it's a shape note, our uh, Sacred Heart piece. So there's a whole tradition there back in, oh, probably late 1800s. Oh, like I think it's even earlier. earlier. I think it's earlier. But some of the tunes came over and were, you know, played on the boats coming over from Europe in back in the early days and uh, <laughs> turned into sacred tunes adapted by uh, particularly a Baptist, uh, Christian Baptist um, ministers. And they started arranging them and they would change the note heads. Um, there's like a triangle shape and a round and a square diamond. and and diamond and those would represent the different um, soul you know solfege syllables and that's how they would teach the songs and that became kind of part of the singing of the songs so that is one of those and then we actually how then you can take them and do them different ways like we started in unison then we added a second part you know, and so you can kind of um, mess with them the accordingly program. to your group. Yeah. I see. Okay. Wow. Go ahead, Matt. I am in awe, mesmerized. How many centuries has that beautiful song been sung throughout the entire world in the oldest cathedrals imaginable? <laughs> it dawned on me when we were doing that and... Um, the, the chorus is, and it was so amazing to sing the chorus in this cathedral, I want a seat in paradise, glory, hallelujah. I love that union never dies, glory, Amen. hallelujah. So the union to me, everything connected and we're all ultimately connected in something much bigger than just our little selves walking around, you know, in the world. So I love that union never dies, that we come from some union and we're still in it. And hopefully we all can live that way. And then we return also to that union. It's um, one of those songs you wish you could hear, um, not only on your deathbed, but at times in your life when you're really connecting to the world. And it makes me think, because the church, you know, is a thousand years old. And I, I know this song, you know, goes back a ways. But we have to talk about the start of um, music, because Western music through the church really got its start in broad range and organization through the church. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bob, Bob you're a musical music. librarian, right? <laughs> I am a music librarian, and I, I, I like to tell people. You have people to explain that, what that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to tell people that I, I don't know everything, but I am pretty good at helping people find the right resource to get them the answer. So uh, uh, I don't have those things at my fingertips currently, unfortunately. But, <laughs> but you can talk about like. Um sacred music and the earliest uh, notated music. Uh, yeah, I mean, Gregorian there's... chant in the church, they started notating so you music. Yeah, I mean, there's, killer. there's... It would have been you killer know. on Name That Tune, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, name this song. Bump. Yes. Let's I, see. That would be, I, know that uh, one. I know that one. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, hang on, hang on. Third Gregorian chant uh, back in uh, 500 AD. Uh, well, that's the thing. I mean, like the ancient Greeks, there's there's, 
painting, wall paintings of people playing instruments and singing, but the, uh, as far as I know, we don't have any, uh, they didn't have it notated. So we don't know exactly how the thing started, but music has been around, you know, basically since civilization has been around. So, um, but yeah, back in the, I don't know, in the 800s or something like that was uh, Gregorian chant started to get notated, I, I thought, think. It, I thought maybe even a sixth century was when music first started notating, but, but you know, you're the music librarian. I know, so I, don't, I don't have the uh, <laughs> music history head, memory. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. And then church musicians were often able to be paid like court musicians right, right. so you know otherwise you had your you know troubadours popping around on horses you know people would feed them and stuff but uh, yeah the people getting paid to to do music were um often you know professional early music people were church and uh, court musicians so a lot of our early at least in western europe and then what ended up coming over a lot to the united states was from the sacred tradition. Of course, later then we start getting, you know, amazing music from all over the world that influenced our music. And now we have this, you know, incredible hodgepodge of, of, of influence where everything's crossing over everything else, uh, which is wonderful, I think. So yep. yeah, yep. we end up with some pretty incredible music, you know, in all one, genres. One of, my, one of my favorite, one of my favorite uh, concert of you guys is, was when you did that African concert and the language itself, like, like I mentioned, I would just love to hear somebody speak that language on some street corner because it's so musical by itself. And the way you guys put the pieces together, it was utterly out of this world to me. It just took me completely around the world. I mean, it just, I was floating for days. It was so stunning. So stunning. Thank too. you, Eric. Yeah, the music from Africa is wonderful. And uh, so we did some current uh, African songs out of South Africa, choir, a choral composer down there at a university, you know, everything from that to more folk uh, pieces that were arranged and then how it sort of came here through the slave trade and the spirituals. And then the progression, you know, jazz and uh, pop. We even had a little rap, I think, in there uh, in a song. And, yeah, and just, did. yeah, representing uh, the various um, eras and how it how it came to the United States and the various influence. And it was a great, really fun concert to put together. It offered and, such a broad range of music that was cohesive. Uh, fundamentally, it just, uh, it surprised me. Well, DG is really also fantastic at putting a program together. And um, so she she organized what piece was going to go where and then worked on the transition. We have uh, a lot of the different members would would come and come out front as we're rearranging the choir to get different different uh, positions. But they would explain something a little bit of the background of the previous piece and of the upcoming piece and it just sort of made the it made the whole evening a, a, a complete story rather than just a bunch of different separate pieces and um yeah she's really good at uh at organizing concerts i, I gotta i gotta ask pardon me for asking <laughs> but how are your closets i mean are your clothes arranged are your clothes arranged from like color like a black, blue, red, white. My closet oh, is not arranged to... at all. No? no? <laughs> <laughs> really? I think that's so, accurate. <laughs> that's where you let it go, huh? Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the one room I get. Yeah? 
<laughs> Gigi, is yours the same? Ah, uh, my no. I I kind of have to keep my spaces. For me to cr be creative, I have to have things kind of orderly and uh, not a lot of clutter, or I get a little overwhelmed. And it's like, oh, all the space is filled up. And so I don't need to create anything in here. But if I, you know, walk to a nice room that doesn't have a lot of stuff, you know, just like a blank canvas, like, oh, I can paint on this, you know, but if the picture's already all there, it's like, oh, that's good, you know, I'm not, so I'm more inspired to create when I don't have a lot of stuff around. So I don't know. My, my closet is semi-arranged, you know, I guess, but it's you know, pretty, I get pretty that. tidy. I get that. Because I was watching a, a Jim Carrey interview, you know, the TV yeah. movie star guy. And they took him into his art studio. And it was, you know, I didn't know the guy painted. And he said, uh, what I like about it is I painted canvas and then all of a sudden something was there that never was before. Ah. Yeah. What a great story. Are you uh, are you familiar with Sunday in the Park with George, that Sondheim musical? Oh man! About because it's uh, it's all about Georges Seurat, George the uh, pointillist French painter, uh, and um, and it starts the opening of the show is white, a blank page or canvas, you know, and how to what do you do with those? So many possibilities, and he's got a song called "Finishing the Hat," and how the the whole artistic process that he's he's the whole point, he, he gets distracted by people and they want him to do things, but he has to finish the hat. And then at the end of the song, he turns the turns the uh, paper around and says, look, I made a hat where there never was a hat. So it's this whole, uh, it's a great musical. Great musical. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. a huge Sondheim aficionado. Huge, huge Sondheim fan. Yeah, but the question is, when are you going to do a show and choreograph and 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 put together the Beatles? When are you? <laughs> I'm sorry, I had, I had to get that. You a big Beatles fan, there, Kevin? I'm afraid so. Yeah, and since I was four. Or five. It's a worthy <laughs> question. I so know we did do a John Lennon tune in our spring program. We did Imagine. Oh, cool. Uh, we were having to do everything virtually uh, through the pandemic. We moved to all online. So we made all these music videos, had to suddenly figure all that out, how to direct music videos uh, real fast. Like, in fact, you but, can uh, see a little bit of our green screen back. Where is that? The green screen. There. there. A little bit of our green screen. Yeah, you filled yourself <laughs> in red. But we did do that. But we do have in my brain, I want to do a. Um, 60s and 70s uh, for our fundraisers once a year. It's our most theatrical production. It's kind of like a dinner theater. People come. It's our big, you know, nonprofit. So we do some big fundraiser with auction items and a wine bar, and it's catered. It's very theatrical. We always have these various fun themes, and so that we get to do a lot of costumes. And when we have done in the past, I think it was when we did a Broadway. We did a Broadway one and then we did a, a hundred years of popular music. Both of those, we had some uh, features from the sixties and seventies and we did some things from hair, Aquarius, you know, and the wind, the moon is 
let the sunshine everybody in their costume oh, we, we did hair too and we did hair and so people had a great time and i thought okay that music is so great plus i was born in the 60s so um you know wouldn't it so at some point just keep watching because we will definitely do a 60s and 70s specific fundraiser we were kevin for you, I will dedicate at least one Beatles oh. number in that program. <laughs> oh, that was, that was, well, if you do uh, a, um, In My Life, if you do that song, that's the one they're playing at my funeral, so I'll play your version at the funeral. Which would be, <laughs> so, very cool. I, 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 before I we love that talk, song. I, yeah, I know, me too. I wanted to ask you guys, though, you are working as fundraisers for different works and different charities, and you have this entire time. Um, how much of that inspires you to go and and to work with folks to help them fund their programs and how did that all begin so that was you know that was one thing when um we were at the church that was so great because the the church was its own space it it had you know it it was a space in itself that we could use we didn't have to go out and rent a space Free space to use, excellent. Um, I could spend a lot of time. I'm a salaried person at the church, no problem. So I can be a full-time person putting together these programs and, uh, and get by, you know, living in an expensive city with a salary. The music was all paid for, for the choir that was in the church's budget. So we were able to really like every penny we made went for the, those concerts. Now what we still are able to do that as a choir, as a nonprofit choir, we we have to rent space and we have to buy the music and you know and the, and I'm hired as is Bob by the choir. So what we're able to still do is to take a percentage of our ticket sales, particularly from our holiday concert, which is our biggest um seller because everyone will go to a you know a choir holiday concert you know so we always do well with those so we're still able to raise money for for charities that way and we get also asked to sing at fundraising events and um, we love being able to do that when we can as well so and when we were on tour too in europe we would uh, our the concerts uh, that got set up for us at various most of these were were at uh, churches but the concerts we didn't take money for the concerts any money that they they brought in would go to a local charity uh in whatever town we were in so that was, that was, awesome. that was pretty cool. it was a wonderful way to like you know say to europe you know like hey we're here we'd love to help you guys to serve you guys so you know not only were we able to connect with their choirs we'd share programs and parties <laughs> together which was great fun especially when you don't speak each other's language but you know <laughs> y'all like beer so we're good <laughs> and so we would have this great time you know partying with these other choirs and singing with them and, and all of this kind of thing but then it was also like you're reaching out and and saying hey let's connect let's connect through music and if we can help you guys raise money for your 
whatever, you know, we raise money for their local hospitals they use the money for, and this one sweet little village in Alsace, their their church uh, organ was in disrepair. And so there was this big concert. It really was like literally everyone in the village turned out for this concert. And they raised money to repair the this little organ, uh, this beautiful little uh, cathedral in uh, Alsace. So anyway, so we've been able to do that each time we tour. Um, what would be really cool is we're still, we're sort of young in the choral world. This is our 10th, 10th year. Maybe it's our starting our 11th, but I, I always like, you know, yes, like, right. oh, and wouldn't it be great if, you know, Microsoft or Boeing or one of these big things came up and said, here, have, you know, uh, $10,000 put together a fundraiser for such and such organization. You know, like if the money was there for us to, to really, because it's, it's one of our favorite things to do is to, uh, you know, to be able to raise money for, for those in need. Um, so it would be really great. You know, right now we sort of, you know, get by with our yearly budget with not a lot to spare at the end of the year. Like, okay, cross your fingers for next year. So who knows? It could happen at some point, you know, but in the meanwhile, we'll continue to take a percentage uh, like we've been doing to donate to charities and then seeing at uh, charitable events when we can. So, so Eric, that's that song that you wanted me to play a long time ago. Do you remember what that was? Dancing in the streets. Yes, it's ready. Would you one like to hear first, it? Yes, one of our first uh, music videos, <laughs> sort of after people have been able to be vaccinated, you know, and this was before the Delta variant. And so this was at the end of our spring, this past spring. And I said, okay, we're going to film this one in person. So we- Did you we do the choreography? Uh, yes, I did. Oh, I did some of However, on this one, I said to my four, I picked four gals who move well. And I said, I would love it for a change if you each came up with your own movements for your little dance features. When they're each individually featured, they came up. I just gave them a few. I, you know, I said, go, you know, just do something fun and, you know, leads, turn, whatever your, your groove thing is. You can do that in your little feature. So you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. Four different styles for these four great gals. Filmed in our front yard. Yeah, our front yard. Oh, very good. Very good. Eric, you ready? I'm ready. Hope this works.
that is sensational. <laughs> Although I do have to say, the uh, guy that was dancing in front, he dances like a guy. <laughs> There's room for everyone. <laughs> Matt? I greatly appreciate when we keep an old classic, a classic. Now, that song from Martha and the Vandellas came out in 65, and this is for you, Kevin. In 65, Yesterday came out with the Beatles, and Yesterday is one of the most recorded songs ever. But the number one recorded song forever and ever and ever came out in 1935. It was George Gershwin's Summertime. But here you do it again. You put the life into it. And what I like about rock and roll, a dad could yell, turn that thing off, and he's playing the same song, but it's orchestrated by Lawrence Welk or someone. Yeah. The hypocritical universal language. Yeah. Great job. Excellent no job. Kidding. No Thank kidding. You. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Now, I heard a rumor, and I don't know if it's true, but there is lycanthropy that broke out in your choir. There's what? Lycanthropy. Is that the right pronunciation? Wolfman. Uh, Wolfman breakout in your choir? Uh, it was a it was a uh, dog. It was a dog. Was a do breakout. Okay, because here is a picture of it. I was oh, just happy. No! I was just happy that people. I had to look twice to make sure that they were facing the other way and not facing <laughs> us. And I was relieved that that was you know those that, are that tales, Eric. That's tales. right. We have to keep our you know PG at most, right? Yeah. You know? Well, you know they are dogs. <laughs> so. Well, yeah. It was uh, so, you know, it's so funny because so so much in our life, it's easy to like, you know, take ourselves a little seriously. But, you know, I mean, how often do you get to like, you know, do this and sing and run around and be a dog? So that DJ had the idea. This was a, uh, this was. Uh, oh. Whoops. Hold on. I'm just doing something here. Uh, okay. and now we're, now we're going to. Uh, there we go. Okay. Now we're back. Okay. I that just had to set up a uh, piece of music. Uh, baby, please. Uh, no, it was Christmas. Uh, baby, uh, you know, the bells will be ringing. Yes. That one. So uh, DJ had the idea to. Please come home for Christmas. Please come home for Christmas. That's it. Yeah. Have it be uh, uh, dogs wanting their owners to come home for Christmas. Oh, um, so good. she had the, our men's ensemble put that together. Um uh, I don't know how she comes up with these it's things. Like dogs that were, well, I don't know. It's like working out, listening to the you know recording of whatever the publisher sent of a choral version of, of this song. So, Matt, do you know who did the song? Because I don't remember. Many have done that, including the Eagles have done that. Right. Charles Brown. Brown. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Charles Brown. Thank you. Yes. Wow. He really does know it. Yeah, he had <laughs> 33 and a third on that, and he had his Christmas cap on with that. Oh. <laughs> That's great. So, yeah, we just kind of, I just got this image as I was just like, oh, please come for hope for Christmas. It was like, woof, 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 woof. Oh. I just kind of saw the dog ears and the tail and the nose and the, you know, so anyway. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. I love it. You know. We did not do this one at the Strasbourg Cathedral. Just no. so you know. I bet <laughs> they were disappointed. Not too much. <laughs> but it does give a little sense of the variety that we do really everything. I mean, we have those very, you know, sacred, big, full-bodied and more, you know, serious. 
music. And then we have things like this and dancing in the streets. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's cool that you guys are following your passion and living your lives like you are because you're helping people. You're making people smile. I can't think of anything better than that. They're doing more than that. They're recruiting people. They get people to come up on stage and dance and sing. More the merrier. That's what they're doing. I love, you know, again, you have that, you know, the be the change you want to see in the world. And, uh, you know, like, well, what what kind of world do you want to create? You know, and that was the thing, like when I was in the opera world, it was a very particular kind of world. And I thought, OK, someone created this and I'm in that world if I'm participating. I'm, you know, I'm not going to change this world. If I could create a, a world, you know, what would my world look like? You know, well, everybody sings and dances and we all share each other's music and we get to wear costumes and, you know, we get a laugh, we get a cry, we get to move people, we get to lift people up, we get to inspire and we, you know, there's this amazing thing that happens in a performance when you really are focused on the music and the story and everyone in the audience leans in and you create this oneness with everyone in that room. And I think we're all so wanting to feel that because it's easy to get weird and lonely and bleh, kind of dissociate our own little heads and egoic beings. But when you, it's a spiritual uh, connection that can happen mm -hmm. In, in, a, in a powerful performance, whether it's everyone laughing and smiling when the people are being dogs or dancing with us and dancing in the street or being spiritually uplifted um, during Northport, you know, um, thinking of this union that never dies that we're part of or, or feeling um, the, the, the pain and sadness of, you know, of the slaves that came over and, you know, just, empathizing and, and singing that and you just you can't help but feel you know moved and, and empathetic and just you want to be better and do better and be connected to everyone and and just find that place where we all meet so we can all just love and take care of one another uh, no matter what and so that's the world I want to create <laughs> just that little thing you know during my lifetime that's all I ask just that little itty bitty teeny weeny thing. I know it. It's so neat. You know the there's a word that's floated around a lot in, in politics these days. It's called elitist, mm -hmm. and they, they talk about elitism as people that have a certain something to their lives. You know that they're wealthy and successful, and they have a, a standard of taste and um, something that's more equitable than the average person has. So they have all this education that is somehow their own. And you guys transcend that because you are taking this old music that, uh, you know, many, uh, if you mentioned on the street, they would go, well, that's elitist. But when they hear it in your presentation, it makes it so accessible. And just like you said, you become part of the experience. And that more than anything else is what uh, music is, uh, is for. And it makes me think of Maurice White from Earth, Wind and Fire. Mm -hmm. when, when I listen to Earth, Wind and Fire, DG, and, and, and Bob, I think of you guys. I, I know that's a strange connection, but, uh, and I know you guys are familiar with them. Oh, but Eric, oh, yeah, I, I have several CDs and they're, they're, I find them uplifting. And I like, boy, that guy, Maurice 
right? He was yeah. connected to something there and it comes out in their music. We had got to see them live. He wasn't around anymore, but man, they gave a terrific concert. Yeah, love their music. The pier. Always have. That was great. You know, and you you can listen to their music and, and when you know Maurice White came up out of the choirs at church choir gospel music as well. And he was uh, somebody that had a doctorate in religions, I believe. Mm. So all of his music was sort of geared to connect the people to God. So a lot of his music, like uh, You Want My Love, that that uh, piece, that isn't necessarily about uh, the woman that he's in love with. That's about his connection to the Lord. Mm. Yeah. And it, you know, and that's what's brilliant about this kind of music because you can take from it any amount of layers is presented to you yeah yeah exactly yeah I, I think of his you know i was that's the way of the world you know plant a flower and it grows and just the all the imagery and and yeah that the, the spiritual uh connections he makes in his music you know and and the idea of god can be so incredibly broad you know right i think he would dig you guys yeah, I'm speaking for Earth, Wind, and Fire right now. I think they dig you. Is somebody tapping? I'm hearing that too, but I don't know where it's coming from. That's me now. <laughs> Just there, yeah, we'll we'll mute him. Then we won't hear that anymore. <laughs> I have the power. I think it's when you laugh, Eric. I think your your chair or something bounces. Oh, well, I know my tape, my desk rocks a little bit. I've got it on a yeah. I got to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is live radio after all. After all, yeah. got a nice rhythm to it. Exactly. Exactly. Now the I last try. song that we're gonna play is what's the name of that song again? It's another name I can't pronounce. Mm. Indodana, and um, you know this was in our Africa uh, program that Eric was talking about earlier, and this has been another one of our very favorites for the choir, and um, it, it's actually a sacred song, and we're sort of reminded in this of the story, you know, that we were able to uh, share with it is how the missionaries course Christian missionaries have been going into Africa for hundreds of years so they brought their music with them and the idea of Christianity as well so with you know this song is about um, the uh, crucifixion and when it's when you hear oh Baba that's oh father you know and um, so that's and the song uh, comes out of South Africa and um, it's very powerful and stirring. And I mean, boy, the choir could hardly get through this one without crying, you, you know? And, yeah, uh, it's just, it's very open, full-bodied singing. And it's just, uh, yeah, that, it's such you, a beautiful piece. I just love yes, it. Yes, and you give yourself over to the story and imagery in that one. And it's, you know, it's okay, I'm ready. You know, ready. there you go. <laughs> And the name of the song again is Indodana. Here we go.
And that is an incredible oh piece. My God. How now, I got to ask you, when you present a song like that to the choir, how long does it take everybody to learn their parts and to put it all together so it's performance ready? And the second question is, do you ever have anybody that wants to join the choir and you say, like I was told when I was in drama that I could sing in a choir of 50 or more. Um, so you, you would say, no, I don't think so. Um, but, but how long does it take to produce a piece like that? Our uh, rehearsals uh, for each program are 10 to 12 weeks generally. Um, wow. I know that I have to have a minimum of, of 10, and that's like a little bit tight. It's better to have 12 um, and we rehearse only once a week as a community choir. We, you know, when you're in a, a college or even a high school choir, you know, you get this luxury of rehearsing five days a week in your class, you know, but you're meeting once a week. So people have to be uh, motivated and inspired to practice on their own uh, in order to memorize the music. So we have our weekly rehearsals and then per session, there's probably two or three extra rehearsals as we get close to concert time. Um, and in terms of, you know, who we're able to accept or not, I mean, if people, uh, it's kind of, it's almost like I was talking about, you know, our audition process is really almost more of an interview. I, you know, it's like, well, what draws you to our choir? I want to, you know, kind of know if they'd be a good fit. You know, if they say, I want to be a star and I feel that your choir is a vehicle to get me there. It's like, well, this probably isn't the choir for you. Um, you know, but if they kind of get us and what we're after and are excited about the idea of our mission statement, you know, um, and the connection with one another and uh, the sort of non-judgment, uh, uh, complaint-free atmosphere that I try and create uh, in our choir, uh, then, you know, and if they can carry a tune and if they are not thrown off by hearing harmonies around them. Because you could see we sing kind of in mixed formation. Uh, we have some who really need to lean on a stronger singer. So let's say I have a bass who's kind of new to choral singing. I, hasn't really done much of it and came in with this, you know, partner who's a soprano. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to stick you next to Bob because, uh, you know, you're, you're good. You're matching your pitches, but you know, you might get the little, might want to get a little thrown when you start hearing all these, you know, loud sopranos around you or tenors. So let's stick you next to Bob. So I've got my sort of, you know, strong kind of ringer singers. And then I have folks who are newer, newer to choral singing that can kind of lean into those stronger singers. And that's one of the wonderful things about a choir is you can end up with different levels. And again, as long as they're really motivated to practice, our section leaders send out the parts so they can just practice their individual lines. Um, and so they get that to work with in between rehearsals as well. You've yeah. got some incredible sopranos in, in your choir. <laughs> yeah. They're just really awesome. Yes, thank you. Yeah, we've got some, yeah, really this, really in all of each section, we've got some yeah. real knockout singers, which has really helped uh, kind of give the the overall sound to the choir. And then again, those other voices that they're a little quieter, you know, not, you know, haven't maybe studied voice. You know, I have several of my voice students are in the choir. And then again, folks who are new to singing, you know, that can kind of lean into those bigger voices. Well, and the, well, I, I had to count. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, they're just—they're also just motivated. Uh, I think 
because Digi's a excellent teacher, like the fact that we had to go virtual this whole last season and we, you know, record individually and send those parts in and get have them all put together. It's it's a very different experience than when you're singing with with people. I mean, the the group dynamic is so important, and suddenly that was taken away. So, but we had so many people stuck with it and continued uh, throughout that whole last year. It was so. Um, I don't know. So I was inspired by by how many people were willing to tough it I, tough it out. I, I've had to count the choir a couple of times because you guys sound larger than you are. Yeah, we hear that a lot, Eric. We hear that a lot. You know, uh, it's a nice compliment. You know, people are like I close my eyes, and I swear there's at least twice as many of you as you know. I think it's part of that is as a singer myself, I really. <laughs> The background as a choral singer, if you if you are, if, I mean, as a singer and not a choir director, when you're trained as a choir director and you you know you get your degrees in it and this sort of thing, you're really taught you know mostly how to get a good uh, Western European uh, choral sound with a really super tight blend, straight tone. Your voices disappear into one another. The whole like you know if you can. Uh, if you can hear yourself singing, you're too loud or something like, you know, you should be able to hear a person on either side of you more than yourself or something. And that isn't my approach. I want people to really sing out and be expressive rather than have their own voices disappear. So I find music, you know, about 80% of our music is music where people get to just open up. If they have vibrato, you go right ahead, sing with full vibrato. That's how you express your heart and your soul and your music. And that's what our audiences, I think, for us are responding to. I have to be careful about repertoire choices because there's a lot of uh, European choral music that is written that is necessary to sing it with straight tone and super blendy. And um, that is not what, what we practice and what we try and do. So finding repertoire that works for us is um, is, a, is a big deal, finding the right things, you know? You make it you make it sound easy though. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Matt, any, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Eric. No, that, go ahead, man. Well, I'm just in awe that you are getting people of desire. You see they're enthused, they wanna get into it. And then from there, you have them raise their hands and answer questions you find out what you have to work with. You've got your 12 weeks or whatever, and you make it happen. <laughs> we somehow do. It's, it's, it's definitely, a, I guess, a group agreement. I have a vision. And I go, hey, everyone, here's my vision. Here's the music goes through it, you know, and then they get on board. And so I'm, I'm really fortunate that I get to lead this group and that they, they come in and they, they give it 100%. Um, and well, she's a fantastic leader. Just she, there's, there's no shaming. There is a encouragement, and I think people just want they, you know, they are eager to get on board, which is, uh, which is fantastic. We're working with you, and it's that learning curve coming together, harmony, so to say. Right, right. Listen, what a feat, though, to take all these enthused people and for the first time putting many of them together for the first time to give a production the way you do. So what keeps you motivated? What keeps you looking forward to the next thing? 
Well, I mean, just, you know, anytime I just watching these now, you know, reliving the moments of this and um, moves me and, and remembering how they were moved and how audiences were moved and the feedback that we got uh, is inspiring. Working with my choir, getting up in front of them, you know, watching them focus, listening to what they give back, seeing how willing they are opens me up too to keep giving to them, um, hearing music or, or seeing a performance that moves me. And like, ooh, I could see our choir and I could see it looking or sounding or being like this. Um, and then just seeing the world, seeing the divisiveness, you know, how weird it's gotten politically, like, oh my goodness, what the heck is going on here? And just going, oh wow, it just feels more important to ev than ever that we that we focus on where we all meet, you know, where's the place that goes beyond all of that stuff? What your background is, you know, your status, your race, your religion, your political thing, where where are those places that really matter to operate out of? And I think music helps us all feel that together. And it just feels like, whoa, this is really important work to be doing right now uh, more than ever. It's always been important. And it just, it, it makes me want to keep uh, giving and really trying to, to be that change I want to see in the world. <laughs> so. Thank God you guys do what you do. <laughs> music music isn't a universal language we all and i think the stuff a lot of the stuff that you're saying that came directly from from heaven from god from whoever you want to say this because it's very inspirational and it really is an important piece that you do your work is just phenomenal and then to have a nonprofit and to and to help other people I can't think of a better and Eric thank you for for bringing these two to us we, we oh, really appreciate thank, that thank you guys for coming on thank you, you. Know, this has been so great well I'm, I'm so curious and you guys met through music and I'm, I'm dying to hear this story because you know oh, right. and I, I had to ask the question before did you guys hear each other first or did you see each other first <laughs> so okay well I feel like I'm, you know, talking too much here, but he said, when this comes up, if this comes up, I want you to tell the story. Oh, yeah. I'll tell the story. I came over for a rehearsal one night. Yeah. You know, it always makes me laugh. You know, people say, well, you can't just like, you know, wait for the person to just show up at your door. You got to put yourself out there. Then they're like, how did you meet Bob? And I said, he showed up at my door. <laughs> he knocked. I let him in. So yeah, we've been cast in this um, in the, in a production uh, of a, this little opera company over on one of the islands, and uh, we've been cast in La Boheme uh, together. And so all of the principals lived in Seattle. So I said, why don't we get together for music rehearsals before the we ferry over to the big rehearsals? Let's let's meet and um, I'm happy to host, you know, I got a piano, we can be as loud as we want. Opera singers are loud, so you gotta be able to be loud. And uh, so Bob was the first one that showed up. He knocked at my door Good and I let him in. And, uh, and I just immediately like, wow, you know, and, and at the time I had this thought within I'd say five minutes and this, 
I want to tell you, like I hadn't had some idea of, oh, someday I'll get married. And I thought, well, you know, I'll have a life partner at some point, no hurry, whatever. And, uh, but within five minutes of him entering the living room, a little voice inside of my head said to me, wow, what would it be like to be married to this guy? Wow. I was like, what, what? You know, that's a weird thought, huh? And I'd forgotten that about two weeks before I met Bob, I was in New York City visiting friends and uh, we were walking down one of the like, you know, market, street market things. And there's all these people who want to read your palm and this and that, you know. And um, I was like, no, no, no. And then this one, for some reason, I was like, well, okay, you know, sure, let's read my palm. So I give her my palm and she's, you know, looking around and talking about career and this and that. And I said, well, what about romance? And she stops and she looks at me and she says, who is Robert? Ooh. And oh. yeah, this is two weeks before I met Robert, Bob. And I said, Robert? I said, I don't know. I said, what about Jim? I'm dating this guy named Jim, you know. And I knew that kind of wasn't really going anywhere, but she said, Jim, she looks at my palm, she said, he okay for now, but Robert is the one for you, okay? So there's that. So I'm not thinking that at the moment I'm meeting Bob. I, I'm remembering this later. One, then we're at rehearsal and Bob, this is early on, like maybe a couple weeks into rehearsals over on the island and we're on a break. So he goes, there's a piano. And we have found out on ferry rides that we are both love music from the 1930s and 40s. Big band era and all this and the Tin Pan Alley music and you know, and so, so we're like, oh, great American song. But then he goes, so he, he says, oh, you know, do you, this is a lesser known uh, Cole Porter piece. And he goes, you want to sing it? And I'm like, oh my goodness, he even plays piano. By then I've been, you know, pretty smitten with the guy. So he's, you know, he starts playing the song and I'm singing, I'm reading, reading this song. And I get to a line that says, a gypsy told me I'm fated to fall. And of course that, you know, the woman who come up to read my palm was very much adorned in that type of attire. And um, anyway, uh, <laughs> that was really interesting. I'm like, oh geez, this is weird. So <laughs> by then I thought of the association with, you know, Robert is the one for you. So that's how we met, that's how we, and he'd seen me before in a couple of operas. Um, but I hadn't. Well, we were actually in an opera together and we hadn't met. We, we hadn't in, met. I was in the opera chorus, the Seattle Opera Chorus for 16 years. And DG uh, had had a small role in, uh, which one was it? Norma? I, Norma, I think it was. It was Nor oh yeah, because I remember, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we were both in it, but we didn't, we never met. They, it was, it Very, was, at that time at least, it was kind of a hierarchical setup there. So a lot of the principals in the chorus didn't really, uh, mix much yeah. um so, so one, one of the things i didn't fit well with you know you had the oh the chorus is over there and the principals are over here and i would rehearse with the principals because that's who i was you know i had a solo role or whatever and so you know i'm like wanting to hang out with the chorus because they're the fun people you know and they're the people who live in seattle and the, you know the leads were all from all over and they were great but uh Anyway, you were very much, it was kind of a, at the time, I don't know what it's like now, but at the time it was really 
kind of like a, a separate thing. So we, we didn't actually meet when I, there was like 10 years that I sang there, but I knew you by then, by the last couple operas I did there, yes. we, then we were together. Yeah. yeah. You were talking to somebody in the chorus? <laughs> How awful could that be? Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. hilarious when uh, right after we got married, I uh, it was literally like within a week after we got married, we show up, I had a, a, a role <laughs> in uh, Traviata, and you know it was the first rehearsal with everyone there where everyone just sings through the music, um, and all the principals are there, and the chorus is there, and they introduce the principals to the chorus, you know, so there's all these wonderful principles, you know, and I'm introduced as one of the principals, you know, even though my role is, is what, what they call a compromario, they're sort of the secondary lead roles. And so they, they get to me. And so, you know, they've been like, oh, yay, for this person and that person, you know, and then they said, and, you know, DJ Kelly, I'm playing Anina. And the chorus was like, yeah! And they were just like <laughs> screaming and hooting and hollering. Because, of course, I'd marry Bob. Oh, the, you know, the, who they, of course, how can you not love this guy, right? And he'd been in the chorus 16 years. He had all these, you know, good friends in the chorus. And they just, uh, it, and Faith, the director at the time, just like, go out and what to do with that? Like, why is she getting all this, you know, applause for a Cobra Mario role? Oh, anyway, man. kind of a funny little bit there. That's absolutely. Fun. By the way, we're coming to the end of our time together. We want to your time because you guys have done awesome work. But let's go through your information so that anybody that wants to contact you, maybe give you some money, maybe uh, do some fun stuff with you. How can they get a hold of you and your website and all that? Well, we are early on in our um, in our fall winter season where we're rehearsing for our um, our winter holiday concert, and we still need some tenors and basses to round out. We've got a we lot of kind of wonderful. Yeah, we need some fellas, Eric. You need a tuba player. Maybe. A tuba player. Why, do you play the tuba? Yeah, I play tuba. Okay. Yeah. You come and you sing, and then I'll find a tuba solo for you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we are the Northwest Firelight Chorale, and uh, it's really fun to look at our website. There's a lot of other links to music on YouTube, northwestfirelightchorale.org. Actually, nwfirelightchorale.org. Um, excuse me, nwfirelightchorale.org. There's a donate button. If you think, wow, these guys are terrific, I'd love to give them some money. Um, we will happily accept that um, and put that. It's been a little bit of a tough time uh, not being able to give our normal concerts this last uh, year and a half. So uh, uh, it, the tax don't, we are a nonprofit, so those are all tax. Um, you can deductible. write those off in your yeah tax deductible. I knew there was that's the word. word. Yeah, what am I forgetting? So yeah, that's how oh, you can email. reach out. Oh, your email. My email is big d big d sparkles at yahoo.com. <laughs> I'm Big D to the choir. Big D Sparkles. Big D Sparkles Sparkles is a recurring theme. It is. It's um, sparkling hearts, voices that sparkle. You know, uh, when we sing, when when it's filled with lights and with love, there's this sparkling aspect. When you look out and you see the sun sparkling on the water, that's our voices and um, and our hearts uh, when we're all connected and singing from the heart. <laughs> and you have a sparkly personality too. <laughs> Big D sparkles. <laughs> That's right. Well, Matt, as we as we wrap up today, is there anything you'd like to add before we uh, go? I loved listening to this show, and it opened up my eyes 
I forgot that they went to cathedrals that were centuries old. I forgot that they toured the world because if you go back far enough in their archives, those songs were there. And I just say amen and thank you for the trip. And what a great ride. Thank you, Matt. Eric? Thank you, guys. It's been such a joy to talk to you. Thank and, you, Eric. And I love that I have access to your website so I can watch your videos. Yes, I'm I hope you'll come to our concerts. I'm, I'm there. I'm there. Uh, have you set a date? What's that? Have you set yeah. a date yet? The holiday concerts are set. I hope I have this right because I'm not looking at a calendar. But the 10th and the 17th and 18th, it's a Friday and then a Friday, Saturday in December. Okay. So if you sign up to get our newsletter, I promise we only send them out about four times a year. But it will announce our concert. So if you go onto our website, uh, nwfirelightcorral.org, and you sign, there's a little, hey, be on our newsletter. Uh, we won't bug you much at all. And we, we basically announce, um, you know, when we're going to do a concert and we'll sometimes release a video or something on there for people to watch. That's fun. That's, one, that's awesome. One last little thing. I just thought it was so hilarious that uh, about three weeks ago, uh, we got a phone message uh, <laughs> from a guy in Las Vegas who is a PR guy for Foreigner asking us to open for them at the <laughs> arena of right. Everett. So we, uh, we opened for Foreigner uh, uh, on the 14th of this of month. September. That was just hysterical. What did you say? What did you, what did you say? They asked for, they said, okay, no more than 20 singers and we need acapella pop rock. And you got two weeks, so yeah, that ought to be plenty of time. <laughs> and uh, so I had to look at what we'd done and who might be available. Of course, we take summers off from the choirs. We hadn't been practicing. I'm like, oh my goodness. You know, so we rehearsed outside, put together a small group of singers and uh, we rehearsed in our backyard and we did Seven Bridges Road, um, which is the Eagles and then Let the River Run. Matt, do you know who Let the River Run is? I'm thinking of Yes, the River Knowles, which is a Jim Morrison, but I'm off on a tangent. Help me. Help me. This was the Carly Simon. This is a Carly Simon. Girl. Oh, yeah. Murky girl. Yeah. Just a very upbeat, you know, let the river. She had stage fright. What's that? I think she was known for having stage fright, Carly Simon. Carly Simon. Yes, I read a book about her. And she could so perform great. so brilliant. My gosh. Yeah. yeah. She's so beautiful. She's so yeah. beautiful. Beautiful gal with a gorgeous, powerful voice and an excellent songwriter. Yeah. And you're well, also considering now, I understand, uh, singing a piece, a choral piece that's uh, arranged by uh, a certain classical guitarist that's been. Randy Hathaway. Yes. Thank you, Eric. Randy uh, arranged is, composed, an, is yeah. arranged and composed uh, a choral piece. He's been on your show a couple of times. Incredibly talented guy. Wonderful human being. Um, nice cat. And, yeah. I, yeah. Guitar, incredible classical guitarist. We went to Cornish together. We've made music together over the years. And now he's uh, made a foray into choral arranging. Uh, this is writing. his writing. And, and, and he wrote, he composed this uh, beautiful, sacred uh, choral piece. It's just gorgeous. And so we're really excited um, and looking forward to uh, being able to work on that. Fantastic. That's uh, that's awesome, boy. Opening for uh, Foreigner must have been a hot-blooded experience. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, though. 
that. It felt like the first time. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Now I want to give you two the opportunity before we go to say to our audience anything that you would like them to know. Ah, okay. Um, well, I think the two things that I think of are, again, we had pencils made for the choir because this is, again, one of our slogans, and I, I love this. It's uh, from the Dalai Lama, and it's, be kind whenever possible. It is always possible. Ooh. So that's the motto in the choir, how we are with ourselves, with one another, and with everyone, hopefully out in the world. And then be the change you want to see in the world. Create the world that you want. You don't have to go down the beaten path if it's not your path. You can, you can do your own thing. You can create the world, be who you want to be, and, and then that will radiate out um, to others. And uh, it's all a good thing. <laughs> so I guess that's what I'd like to say. What about you, Ani? Robert, would you like to add anything, Robert? Uh, well, I think one thing we didn't mention that we also do is some uh, is local outreach uh, for each of our concerts that we give. We also go to one or two um, senior living places and uh, and give performances for the uh, for the folks there. And that's always uh, it's it's just uh, it's like a, it's a highlight for a lot of the people in the choir. I mean, the concerts are are great too, but there's there's something that's so uh, immediate. The, yeah. the, the response you get and just, it's uh, it's beautiful. So we've done, I don't know, 10 or gone to 10 or 12 uh, senior living yeah. facilities in the area. And we see, years. yeah, I usually do about six of those a year, every year. And boy, there's nothing that warms your heart more than when you see people who can come in on walkers and things and, you know, really struggling that they like push up to give you a standing ovation at the end. Oh, yeah. That is like, Beautiful. You know, my choir's all up the good, you know, then we go visit Beautiful. with the folks and meet them. And uh, yeah, so we, we continue to do that, you know, to to get out that way to folks who wouldn't be able to come and see us. So. All I can tell you is that um, there needs to be more people like you in the, out in the world. Oh, um, thank you. And I, and I really appreciate it. You, as it turns out, you and I are on the same mission or you and we are on the same mission to eliminate hate, division, and fear, and to create something special in all of our lives. And you're doing that on a daily basis, and God bless you. Thank you, Ken, and that's why I'm so excited to see your opening and just go, wow, you're doing the same stuff. And this is great that you have this medium for, for that to happen and to reach out to folks with that message. So thank you for, for what you do, and for all of you for inviting us and yep. being here. and. Helping this go by quickly and be fun. And go, to, go to my independence report on the YouTube channel. And th this is going to be up within five minutes and in its entirety on my independence report on YouTube. So if you, if people go there and send your choir there, we'd be very appreciative. I will yeah. definitely do that. Absolutely. Awesome. If you two will hang right there for a second, I got to do this and then we'll be right back. Okay. Yeah. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, 
take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.